chapter 1 in one hand and uh, Mark chapter 1 in the other. But first, let's, uh, let's uh, review from last week. You know what? Let's go to the Lord in prayer first, shall we? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time uh, in fellowship. What a wonderful time when, when um, believers come together and feast on your word. So we pray, Father, that you would please remove all the distractions in our hearts and minds and so we can focus on what you have for us to learn today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray all these. Amen. All right. Last week we discussed the order of salvation, and I believe there's still copies back there if you were not able to get any of the, or want the copy of how to share the gospel to, to other people. And like I said, you can just keep that in your Bible or in your dashboard in your car. So whenever God, you know, or whenever God leads you to to share the gospel with somebody, whether it's a workmate or an acquaintance, a friend or just a family member or just somebody you meet somewhere, um, you have an outline. You know what to do. So we talked about the order of salvation. And the first thing we want to know is... Is prayer a type of work? Is prayer a type of work? Remember, we gave, we gave you a verse next, last week about Epaphras who labored fervently with them in prayer. All right? Is prayer or praying the sinner's prayer a requirement for salvation? Nope. All right? Is walking the aisle and kneeling in the altar a requirement for salvation? No. Sorry, there's a typographical uh, uh, error there. Is water baptism a requirement for salvation? Nope. So here's, here's a question. This is part of the order of salvation here. If the person we are sharing the gospel to rejects, or does not believe in the gospel. What should we do next? Should we just grab them in the, ne- in, in the collar and just kick them out? Go back to step one and keep sharing and sharing and praying and praying for them, right? Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So may- maybe they need some more word of God and maybe we- they need you know, we need to pray for them some more. So don't be discouraged. I know it can be discouraging, especially if it's a loved one and then you share the gospel to them and they get angry and they push you away. Uh, And sometimes you just say, you know what? I did all I could do. I washed my hands out of them. Just keep on being, you know, just keep on being a blessing to them and keep on sharing God's word to them. Amen. So today, we're going to be talking about the gospel of Christ versus the gospel of the kingdom. Wait, wait a second, Brother Francis. I thought you said there's only one gospel that we should believe in. And uh, this is actually that which we, we read in, in the board over here or, or in the screen over here, Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. 
So I thought, Brother Francis, that that's the only gospel that we are to believe. And if you add anything to it, even prayer or even baptism, whatever kind of work, no matter how good it is, or no matter how well-intentioned it is, it becomes another gospel. That's true. But there's also, a diff- there's also other kinds of gospel in the Bible, which are for different times and different groups of people from different messengers. And we have to be careful that we are applying the correct gospel for us, for our time. All right? So, one of them we're going to talk about is the gospel of the kingdom, which is Mark 1, found in Mark 1, verse 14 to 15. The Bible says, Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching. Remember Romans 1, we talked about, we read about gospel of Christ. Now this is Jesus preaching something else. He says preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So the, the question comes to mind is the gospel of Christ and the gospel of the kingdom one and the same? All right? Let me submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that this is actually in some churches a confusion. Not some. I'm sorry, that's wrong. A lot of churches, a confusion. And uh, so let prayerfully, I would like to kind of just give a quick I don't want to say high level, but as God willing, I hope we can cover everything. If not, we'll talk about the rest of it next week. Amen. If the Lord Jesus Christ does not return yet. All right. Or does not, does not come to catch us away yet. All right. So before that, however, let's talk about number one. What does the word gospel mean? What does the word gospel mean? So the best thing for us to do is you know, not go over to different people or go over to different dictionaries or go over to Strong's or Vine's or different preachers to have them define what the word gospel is for us. The best thing for us to do is to go to the Bible and let the Bible define what that word is. That's the safest way you're going you're gonna to get it. Amen. Even if Brother Francis standing in front of you tries to define it, the best way is still not what Brother Francis says, but what the Bible says. Amen. So, let's uh, uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. The Lord Jesus Christ actually stands and reads from the book of Isaiah, which we're going to see later on. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the what? The gospel. All right? To the poor, he had sent to heal the broken heart. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives. I'm not going to f- finish reading that, just to show you that that's the Lord Jesus Christ reading from the book of Isaiah, verse 61. So let's see what the Bible describes the word gospel from Isaiah. It's the same thing. Look, Isaiah 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord had anointed me to preach, what? Good tidings unto the meek. He had sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. It's the same verse. Jesus was just reading from it. So 
Jesus was reading from the book of Isaiah and defined the word gospel as good tidings or good news. Right? So the term gospel, so before, before that, the next most logical thing to ask when you say good tidings or good news is what? Good news of what? Good news about what? That we were rolled back to stage two. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that true? If somebody says, hey, I have good news for you. The next question is, what is it? Right? So because the term gospel, when somebody says, hey, I have a gospel for you, the next most log- logical term to ask is, what is it? The term gospel is a generic term that becomes specific only by how the context, context or the modifiers describe it to be. Some Christians are guilty of making the gospel say, the word gospel say what they want it to say or what they think it should say. But God says in Matthew 4.4 and Luke 4.4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So if every word is important, do small words like, oh, say, prepositions matter? Are they important as well? Sure. God says every word is important. So prepositions are important as well. The danger here is, what does that have to do with me? I'm not a, I'm not a deep theologian that, that describes the different gospels or, or applies gospel as what, what I want it to mean. Here's the thing. The danger here is, if we take one word like the word gospel, and make it mean what we want it to mean, and not how the Bible itself defines it, then what's to say we won't let two other words in the Bible say what we want it to say? Did you get that? What's to say we won't let three other words in the Bible say what we want it to say? What's to say we won't let the whole Bible say what we want it to say? We cannot change the Bible. The Bible should make the change in us. Amen. So I'll give you an example. The word gospel is generic. It only becomes specific when there are modifiers or when the context tells you what it is. Let's get another example. How about the word king? I saw a meme online or like if you don't know what the word meme is. Uh, man, the... You know what? I'm not going to chase that rabbit trail. <laughs> I'm just going to say a meme is like a, a funny picture something on the internet. Or maybe like a comic strip that does not have any cartoons. Just words. <laughs> there is Elvis Presley says to some, uh, some, um, some, some African-American says, he, he says, uh, he, he asked for their permission. He says, hey, can we use, can I use your music? And because that's, they're, they're, they're the ones who created rock and roll, not Elvis Presley, right? So, so some of the, this is just a meme, right? And, and so some of the African-American says, go ahead and use it, Elvis, but just, just don't tell everyone that you invented that kind of music. So Elvis says, the king thanks you. 
And the, and the guy says, the king of what? And Elvis stuttering goes, uh, I got to go now. And they're like, the king of what, Elvis? <laughs> the king of rock and roll, right? But he was not the one who invented that kind of music. I'll give you another example. The term wife can be generic or husband, but then it becomes specific if, it's a, if you add the term wife of Brother Francis, right? Or husband of so-and-so. So that's what I'm trying to say. The word gospel is also a generic term. It only becomes specific once the context or the object of the preposition says what it is. Just like gospel of Christ in one hand and gospel of the kingdom in the other. People say, no, that's one and the same. Well, let's look at it then. Let's look at what's the difference between the message of the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of Christ. Now, we read in Mark chapter 1, verse 14 to 15. Uh, we read it earlier, and it's going to define it at, actually for us. Now, after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom... Jesus Christ preached the gospel of the kingdom. And what does the gospel of the kingdom say? Saying and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. That's what it says. That's what the gospel of the kingdom is. Matthew 4 verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And, hearing, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. So Jesus went and preached the gospel of the kingdom. And watch this. The gospel of the kingdom always is tied with two things. Healing and baptism. I'll show you why. There's a reason why. Matthew 3 verse 1 to 2. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. He also preached the gospel of the kingdom. Watch. What does he say? Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, question. We discussed the order of salvation last week, right? And that's how to share the gospel to people, right? How many of you, or never mind how many of you, but is that what we preach? When we share the gospel to people right now so they can be saved, do we tell them, hey, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand? No, we preach what? The death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's, let's go one more. Let's, let's go one more. Uh, Acts chapter number 19, verse 4. Then said Paul, looking back, because when Paul in Acts chapter 19, John the Baptist was way long time dead. He, he was, his head was chopped off by, uh, by Herod. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. So we'll, we'll, we'll just read the verses, and then we're going to tie it here later on. Bear with me. That's not what we preach, though, right? We don't preach, hey, believe on, the, or, or sorry, um, uh, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
That's not what we preach, though. We preach the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, which, as a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 to 4, earlier, the verses previous to this, we were, we were talking about the content, the message of the kingdom of uh, the gospel of the kingdom. Now, this is the message of the gospel of Christ. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you. Who is that? That's the Apostle Paul. Which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. We are not saved by the gospel of repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We are saved by this gospel. The one that is red, colored red here, highlighted red. How that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Right? So by virtue of point number one, the message, are these two gospels the same? No. The gospel of the kingdom preaches, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The gospel of Christ preaches the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. I'm out. I should have my own whistle over here. <laughs> Do you mean to tell me, Brother Francis, that the Lord Jesus Christ did not preach the death, burial, and resurrection when he was with his disciples? Well, I'm telling you, and we're going sh to show this, if not later, next week. Remember, the Lord Jesus Christ told the apostles, I'm going to go to the Jerusalem. And, or, yeah, and, and, and uh, they're going to crucify me. They're going to kill me. And the, but on the third day, I'm going to rise again. What did the apostle P Peter say? Peter said, I know, Lord. We've been preaching that ever since. Is that what he said? No. He said, that's not going to happen, Lord. Be it far from thee, O Lord. That's not going to happen. So they did not understand the gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection yet back then. Why? How about because it didn't happen yet? <laughs> Amen. So we're clear by virtue of just the message, point number one, that these two gospels are different. Amen. Number two, who are the messengers of the gospel? So, of these two gospels. Now, let's talk about the gospel of Christ, which is the one for us. Romans 16, 25. Now, to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel. Who wrote the book of Romans? The apostle Paul. Not Roman. <laughs> The Apostle Paul. I, that, that was a little corny joke there. <laughs> uh, the Apostle Paul. Who was it? So it's his gospel. Because he was the messenger. Uh, it did not come from him. To, you mean, I mean, when you, when you see my gospel, it does not mean that it came from him or he invented that gospel. That means this gospel, this message, was assigned for him to... Uh, uh, dispense to our time today. To, now, to him that is, that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the re revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. So who is the messenger of the gospel of Christ? Apostle Paul and some of his co-workers. And guess what? If you share the Apostle Paul's gospel with some of your, you know, family or loved ones or workmates, 
you as an, as an ambassador as well. Luke 16, 16. What about the messenger of the gospel of the kingdom? Luke 16, 16. The law and the prophets were until John. So before, the, before John the Baptist preached, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Guess what was being preached? The law. Then all of a sudden, when, the, when John the Baptist broke those 400 years of silence, he was not only preaching the law, or he did not preach the law or the prophets, all of a sudden he preached, hey, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The king is here. Amen. Who's that king? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter, so number one, the messenger of the gospel of Christ is Paul. Number two, the messenger, one of the messengers of the gospel of the kingdom is John the Baptist. Number two, uh, Matthew 10, verse 7 to 8. And as ye go, this is Jesus talking to the disciples, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out evil, freely ye have received, freely give. So, John the Baptist, we saw earlier Jesus Christ preach that, and then the disciples. Are you still there? Okay. I know this is kind of getting a little deep, but there's a reason why. Okay, so bear with me. Matthew chapter 24, verse 12 to 14. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Quick question. Is that what we preach right now? Hey, you have to endure to the end or else you're not saved. Is that what we preach? No, we preach believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I'll show you later on. Uh, and the, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then the end shall come. So the messengers of the gospel of Christ are Paul and his fellow ambassadors, while the messengers of the gospel of the kingdom are John the Baptist, Jesus, Peter and the apostles, and the tribulation evangelists. So let me show you real quick. <clears throat> Where are we? Right there, you and me. We are here, amen. Right? So, and that's why I have the apostle Paul over here, because... It's his gospel that we believe right now. The death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Before this cross, when John, from here, from Moses all the way to John the Baptist, it was the law that was being preached. And then John the Baptist came and all of a sudden what he was preaching was, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Same with Jesus and the apostles. Amen. Right? And that's why over here, there's always baptism and healing. Over here, well, there's still people who try to do that. People will still try to say baptism is a requirement for salvation. Or people will try to say, if you don't heal, you don't have the Holy Spirit with you. Therefore, you're not saved. Have you heard that before? I've heard that so many times. People try to tell me that. You don't know how to heal the sick. You don't have the Holy Spirit. And, of course, the next most logical thing to do would be like, well, why don't you heal in the hospitals? But let's, let's not chase, chase that rabbit trail. So that's why over here, 
Matthew to John and some of Acts, the gospel of the kingdom is still being, pre is being preached. But over here, that's not what's being preached anymore, is it? What's being preached is the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ for our time. However, when we are caught away from here in the catching away or the rapture, back in the seven-year tribulation, guess what? This program continues. So over here, remember we read in Matthew 24, the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to everyone and then shall the end come. All right, are we still there? Amen? Number three. Or sorry, number four. Who are the recipients of these Gospels? We only have five uh, points anyway. So, but number five has 61 subpoints. so bear with me. <laughs> Who are the recipients of these Gospels? So, number one, by virtue of the message, it's already different. This one says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This one says, um, death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. This one says, this one, the, the messengers are John the Baptist, the Lord Jesus Christ, the apostles, and the tribulation uh, uh, evangelist. Over here, it's the apostle Paul. All right? What about the recipients? Why is this important? Because this shows whether we are to, which gospel we are to receive. Right? Where are we in the recipients? Are we, are we the recipient of the gospel of the kingdom? Or are we the recipient of the gospel of Christ? Well, Romans, um, sorry. Roman, uh, Matthew chapter number 10, verse 5 to 6. Now what, I'm go what we're going to discuss right now is a stumbling block to many Christians, many churches. But here's the thing. We can't really get around the Bible, amen. Remember, I think Miss Elaine said earlier that there's some, some stuff, in, a lot of things in our Bible reading that touches what we're discussing right now. Here's the thing. It's not our job to make the Bible say what we want it to say. We can't, I, I'm not about... I'm not very flexible, so I'm not about to do mental gymnastics over here to make it say what it wants to say, what I want it to say. The Bible is a lion. It's not my job to defend it. Lions can defend itself. Amen. All we got to do is just sit back and let it speak. So, but here's the thing. We lose the power of what God wants us to say. Therefore, we lose the effect of it if we try to make it say what we want it to say instead of believing it face value. You there? So, who are the recipients? Matthew 10, verse 5 to 6. Again, a stumbling block, but there's a reason. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any, sit, any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The recipients is the lost sheep of the house of Israel, not the Gentiles. <gasps> I thought God loved the world, everyone in the world. I'm glad you asked that, but hold on a sec. You guys are so excited. There's a reason why. 
Gen- uh, remember when, when God told Abraham, hey, listen, I am going to make you into a great nation. Look at this. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, God says, I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. It was God's plan for Israel, the lost sheep of the house of Israel, to be saved first, and then from there scattered the gospel to the world. That's why we saw earlier that the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all nations, then the end shall come. All right? So who are the recipients? The lost sheep of the house of Israel. Are you part of that? Am I part of that? No. Who are we? Romans chapter 1 verse 16. This verse is so rich. I don't know about you, but the verse, the writings of Paul, just like you've been seeing in your Bible reading, are just so rich, aren't they? 116, just one verse. Watch this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Who are the recipients? To everyone that believe. To the Jew first and also into, to, the, to the Greek, or in other words, the Gentiles. Right? So by virtue of the message, they're different. By virtue of the messengers, they're different. By virtue of the recipients, they're different. Now let's talk about the response. This is number five, then we're done. We might get done in time for the first time in a long time. (laughs) What should the response uh, to these two Gospels by the recipients be? All right? Now, look at um, Mark 1.4, but before that, when people believed and accepted that Jesus was the Messiah during that time, they had to be baptized to prove it. Yes, faith was required. Remember in Hebrews, uh, it is, without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's true back then. It's true right now. That is a pan-dispensational uh, uh, truth. Without faith, is imp- it is impossible to please God. The only difference is, for us right now, it's faith plus nothing else. For them, for them back then, it's faith plus works. Really? That's kind of heavy. Well, let's see. Let's, bear with me for a second. Let's look at the verses. And I don't mean to be rude or a smarty pants or anything like that, but let's just let the Bible say what it says, all right? Mark chapter 1, verse 4. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the what? Remission of sins. Question, right now, right now, for us right now, do you have to be baptized for your sins to be forgiven? No. Back then they did. Why? Why? That blood from the Lord Jesus Christ was not shed yet. Amen? Look at Mark 16, verse 16. Now, a lot of people will go out of their way to do mental gymnastics to try to explain this away. But this is not for us. Watch. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. 
Remember, I'm talking about whether baptism is important for salvation, okay? That's what I'm talking about right now. Is it important for us right now? No. Back then it was. Watch. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Some people will even try to intimidate you with the Greek or to go out of their way to explain that baptism in times past was not required for salvation. The problem with that is this. After Mark 16, 16 is Mark 16, 17. <laughs> Mark 16, 17 says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So again, in the gospel of the kingdom, there's always healing and baptism. And I'll show you why. Why are baptism and, baptism and healing a requirement under the gospel of the kingdom? Well, if they were preaching the gospel of the kingdom, the next most logical question should be, kingdom of what? Or what kind of kingdom? Repent. When, if, if, I, if we were there, I'm sure somebody would say this. If John the Baptist would say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Us as Gentiles, we would probably say, what kingdom? The Jews knew what kind of kingdom it was. Because it has been promised to them ever since. Watch Exodus chapter 19. Verse 6. And ye shall be unto me a what? Kingdom of priests and an holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt preach, speak unto the children of Israel. So when God, when Jesus Christ was was trying to set up a kingdom, he was setting up a kingdom of priests. And how do you become priests? Watch. Leviticus, or Exodus, or sorry, Leviticus chapter 8, verse 5 to 6. And Moses said unto the congregation, This is the thing which the Lord commanded to be done. And Moses brought Aaron and his sons, and what? Washed them with water. Well, that's just giving him a bath. <laughs> well, I'm going to skip that for now. Watch in Leviticus chapter, sorry. Uh, Exodus chapter 29, verse 1 and 4. This is the thing that thou shalt do unto them to hallow them, to minister unto me in the priest's office. It was a requirement for the priest to be washed. And it's not just some special washing. It's a washing so they can be hallowed, set aside, be made holy, or baptism. If God was setting up a kingdom of priests, that is why they were required to be baptized back then. Another thing, why is there healing during that time, all the time, under the program of the gospel of the kingdom? Watch this. Um, sorry. What are the requirements for the priests? Number one, you have to be baptized. You have to be, you have to be baptized clean and hallowed. Look at Leviticus 21, 16 to 18. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron, saying, 
Whosoever he be of thy seed in their generations that had any blemish, uh oh, <laughs> let him not approach to offer the bread of his God. For whatsoever man he be that had a blemish, he shall not approach. A blind man cannot be a priest, a, or a lame man cannot be a priest, or he that had a flat nose, uh oh, cannot be a priest. Or anything superfluous cannot be a priest. Or a man that is broken-footed or broken-handed or crook-backed or a dwarf or he or that had a blemish in his eye or be, or be scurvy or scab, dot, 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 etc. Long story short, you cannot be a priest if you have physical imperfections. That is why during the time of the Lord Jesus Christ, when He came to set up the kingdom, He says, I'm going to set up a kingdom of priests, but because there are a lot of people who are sick, I have to heal them so they qualify. But priests have to be baptized. That is why they have to be baptized. See, that is the reason why Baptism for them was a requirement. For us, it's not anymore. Wait a second, Brother Francis. It really is a requirement for them? I'm glad you asked. Look at Luke uh, chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. And Moses said, un or sorry, uh, sorry. Where am I? Mark chapter 6. Yeah. Sorry. Luke chapter 7, verse 29. Right? And all the people said that heard him, and the publicans justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. But watch this. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves. Why? Being not baptized of him. So let's say back during that time, people say, you know what? I believe the gospel of the kingdom. I believe what he's saying. But you know what? I just don't feel like being baptized. Guess what? The verse says, if you don't get baptized, you reject the counsel of God. So it was a requirement for them. Why? Or else they cannot be part of the kingdom of priests that God was trying to set up. What about us, on the other hand? Did you notice that we've been going through all these verses for the gospel of the kingdom, but this and 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is the, are the only ones that we use for the gospel of Christ? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that is baptized and healed. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God un, uh, unto salvation to everyone that pray the sinner's prayer, that go forward in the altar, that, go, that ask God to save them. To everyone that, what? Believe. Last but not the least. So what now? What does that have to do with us? 
2 Timothy 2 verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, we are the only group of people, the church, the body of Christ, we are the only group of people that was commanded to rightly divide the word of truth. Why? Of course, God's not going to give that to Adam. There was no Bible to rightly divide. <laughs> of course, God's not going to give that to, you know, to Noah. There was no Bible to rightly divide. Us, however, we have the complete Bible, amen. And some of it is written to the Jews and some of it is written to us. We have to rightly divide so we know what we can receive and we know what we can apply. Point, uh, case in point, if you go to Walgreens or the Walmart pharmacy because you need something for your sickness, you need something for your medicine, you say to them, listen, I want all of the medicine. I'm going to take all of it so I can be well. Guess what's going to happen to you? You're not going to be well. You're going to be dead. <laughs> you have to know the right one. You have to rightly divide the word of truth. Amen. And last but not, oh, sorry, I did say last but not least. This is the very last one. We read this earlier already. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel. You know why a lot of people are not, a lot of Christians, churchgoers, you know why a lot of churchgoers are not established? Because they are not established in the gospel of Christ. They'd say, yeah, I'm in the gospel of the kingdom. Or yeah, I'm in the gospel of the circumcision. Or yeah, I'm in the gospel for Moses or the Israelites or something like that. And you know what? You're not going to be established until you are established in Paul's gospel. I cannot, we, you and I, nobody can expect people to grow spiritually if they are not saved. And they're not saved if they are not trusting that gospel that Paul preached the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. So, listen. I know it's kind of heavy, but it's very important. Which gospel is ours? For us, there's only one gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing, no amount of work can save us. No amount of work can be added to that can, that can save us. Only the Lord Jesus Christ did everything for us. What about you? What gospel are you trusting today? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your love for us. Thank you, Lord, for, for your word. And that we can rightly divide, Father, that we can learn what's supposed to be for us and what's not supposed to be to us. I know all of the Bible is written for us, but not all of it is written to us. We can learn from all of it, but we can only apply doctrinally what is written to us. Help us realize the, the, the uh, importance of this, dear God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.